Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. God is that he moves in seasons there are times and there are seasons and there are seasons that he established in the Bible that he still moves in Um, pastor brought a a message um, from Karen Wheaton to prayer one day this week that we listened to on on how uh, and she was saying many churches are in a season right now where they're deciding are they going to go all the way in or are they going to stay out and it's a season that we that we come to, that churches come to. And she said she felt like it was happening in the body of Christ as a whole right now because there's many churches who go in that season. And as I was praying over this message, I began to see that I believe that the season we are in is the season of Pentecost because today is Pentecost Sunday. And God moves in that season and requires something out of us in this season. He requires a few things out of us, and one of them is the decision of, do I want to just have this that I've had, or do I want to go the next step further and go, and go and have something greater and deeper, something that makes me more uncomfortable, something that makes me a little bit afraid of where I'm going in God? And so um, that's why we're talking about this Friday night, actually. Um, that's why I think many of us sometimes we've lately we've felt like that, maybe that excitement that we had isn't there. Or we feel frustrated with where I'm at, like I just can't seem to push past it. But there's a season in that. And, um, and I learned something about Pentecost. I've, I, pre- I, I didn't realize it, but I preached on it last year, preached on Pentecost, saw something wonderful. Um, So something totally new for this year. The word Pentecost is, uh, it means 50 weeks because we count from, it means 50 days. We count from 50 days from from the Passover to the Feast of Pentecost. The Hebrew word for it, though, was it Pentecost. Um, That's just a word that that it came to be known as because of the time frame that, that it was in. The Hebrew word for it was Shavuot. And that word means something very different than, than a counting period. That word is about the prophetic season that God has placed us in. Shavuot literally means a holding back and a refraining. So God brings us into a season, and, and we actually, we're, we'll look and we'll see this in, at, at Pentecost and Acts. It happened this exact same way. God brings us into a season where we've pressed in. We've had an amazing experience with God. The, the Passover came. God, we were saved. God was working in our life. The blood was applied. And then there's a season where we have to make up our mind whether or not I'm going to continue in what God has done. And, and the fruit of our labor is actually held back. Um, Pentecost is the first is the is the harvest of the first fruits. So 
their fruit of their labor, they had been sowing, they had been planting, they had been doing all those things. The fruit of their labor had been withheld until now. And they could go forth, and it says you can put the sickle to the stalk, and you can begin to reap. And they began to celebrate. So Pentecost is a celebration of today is the day that my fruit of my labor, the fruit of my sowing, the fruit of my diligence, the fruit of my faithfulness, the fruit of, uh, that I keep on keeping on. I didn't really feel like keeping on. Sometimes everything inside of me just wanted to quit because my fruit had been held back. I hadn't seen anything that was coming out of my fruit. But Pentecost is the season that after I have endured and after I've been diligent, after I've tended to my seed when I haven't seen a thing come out of it. So Pentecost is is the season when God says, go forth, put the sickle to the stalk and begin to reap the harvest. And now let's celebrate. Let's celebrate because now is the time that I've sown, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've served, I've been faithful. And in the name of Jesus, it's time for me to go forth and put the sickle out into the stalk and bring my harvest in. It's not just the harvest for today. It's not just a little harvest that I can see, but God's ordained that Pentecost is the beginning of a harvest season that lasts for months. Hey, Sunday. It's the beginning of the harvest. It's not the whole harvest. It's just the beginning of it. Hallelujah. Shavuot was the day that Moses received the commandments of God written on stone. And he went down and delivered them to Israel. It was the first type of what God prophesied in Ezekiel. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. He says, right now you have stone. You have the heart of stone. He said, but I'm going to give you one heart. And I'm going to put a new spirit within you. Not the law, but the spirit. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Pentecost, Shavuot, God's ordained season when it's been held back. And, and until now, we've had we've just had the law. He said, but there was a day that's coming that I'm going to put my spirit in you. You don't have to turn to rules and regulations. You don't have to turn to the law. You don't have to turn to death. You don't have to be bound like what Brother Arthur was talking about. You're not an addict forever. God takes that heart of stone out. He takes the rules and regulations out. And he puts in the spirit, the new spirit, a heart of flesh that is malleable, that, that can respond to our creator and hear him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. And so Shavuot, God imparted into Israel the first type of him speaking to them. You know, he, what he really wanted was a relationship with them. But they were afraid and they said, Moses, you just go for us. And so he had to give them the stone. The stone was fine for the time being. God breathed on it and put his word in it, but it wasn't what he wanted. And so at the same time, a couple thousand years later, on the same day, we find him in an upper room in Jerusalem where people are gathered together in one accord and in one spirit. And God took out 
religion. He took out a heart of stone. He took out a mentality that only could seek after itself. And he put in a new spirit that I don't have to turn to rules and regulations. I don't have to turn to Moses. I don't have to go to a priest. I can hear God for myself. God can write his law on my heart that I won't sin against him. Hallelujah. That's the reason in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it tells us, what time it was when God finally moved. Now, they had been there waiting on God. Jesus had left. He had left them with a promise, only with a promise. He had been dead for 50 days. He had ascended 10 days ago. He just said, go to Jerusalem and wait until my promise is coming. And that's the reason why it calls out very clearly It wasn't the season of Pentecost. It was when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They had waited. Let's let's just look at a little bit of it. They had, at at what they were doing while they had waited. Now, first of all, we know that more than 120 people received the instruction to go to Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians 15.6 tells us that there were five hundred people at least who had received the instruction to go to Jerusalem and tarry. Jesus had appeared to 500 people and he said in Luke 24 49 behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So 500 people received this instruction and by the time we get very very close to Pentecost we find that there's only 120 people left. Well, in Acts 1, 15, it says there's 120 people. So somewhere along the way, 380 people got so frustrated with the period, the season that they were in, of, of the promise of God being withheld. They got so frustrated with the waiting, with the tarrying by Jesus' instructions. They got so frustrated. We've been serving Jesus and everything we wanted was here. And all of a sudden Jesus is gone. And how long am I supposed to wait on this? I have things to do. I have bills to pay. I've got places to go. You've had a prayer meeting for 10 solid days now. And I'm ready for it to be over with. I ran around looking for Jesus. He kept disappearing for the last 40 days. And every time we saw him and recognized it was him, he was gone again. And so I ran around chasing him for 40 days. And now I've been in a prayer meeting for 10 days. And I have things to do. I'm ready to go back. And they got frustrated with the call of God. You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. How many of us get frustrated? We've been frustrated with the waiting. We've been frustrated with the call of God to come and tarry. We've been frustrated with it was going so good, and now all of a sudden I'm in this weird period where nothing seems to be working. I'm just here. But it is the prophetic season of God. So we find Peter in Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Actually, and, I'm gonna, and I, I read between the lines because I'd like to put myself in their shoes as I'm reading it so I can really understand what it was like for these people. And so I'm reading between the lines a little bit here. But we find Peter who 
is also frustrated, but he knows he's not leaving. He knows he's not going to leave. And so Peter, I believe what, what we're seeing here, in, starting in verse 15, is Peter decides, I'm going to cave into this pressure a little bit. The Holy Ghost hasn't shown up. I'm not endued with power from on high yet. So we're just going to make this Holy Ghost thing happen. We won't have a business meeting. <laughs> and he says, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, and the number of names together was about 120, men and brethren, the scripture has to be fulfilled, which said the Holy Ghost by the mouth of which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and he fell headlong, and he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels, we know what all happened there. So he said, there was a prophecy that says Judas was going to do that. He was going to betray Jesus calls it the field of blood, and he says, It's written in the book of Psalms, Let its habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric, his, his place of authority, let another take. Wherefore, of these men among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that... Sorry. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they prayed and they said, You, Lord, which knows the heart of all men. And they appointed two, Joseph and Barsabbas. Um, and Matthias. And then they prayed and said, Lord, you know the heart of all men. Show whether these... Two, thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell. That they might go in his own place and they threw lots. The lot fell on Matthias and then they named him one of the apostles. So they have a, a business meeting. They had been waiting a long time and, and Peter said, well, nothing's happening. I've been waiting. And so I'm just going to make something happen myself. We don't even have our 12th disciple. We don't even have our 12th apostle yet. We've been sitting around waiting. God hasn't shown up. I'm, we're just going to take, take matters into our own hands. We're going to name us another apostle. They drew straws and assumed that this was God. And they went on to try to make a church, to make a regular little old church. They had their business meeting. They decided who was going to run it. They, you know, we're going to put this one up over here. Didn't hear from God because God hadn't even shown up because he said, don't wait. He didn't say go and have a business meeting until you're endued with power from on high. Set everything in order and then I'll eventually show up. He just said go and wait. And they were frustrated with the season of Shavuot. They were frustrated with the season of things being refrained and withheld from them. They were frustrated and they said, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm just going to call this a move of God. I'm going to call this what God did. And so the temptation there that even Peter felt, the temptation was there. The pressure was on to just say, what I have is just enough. What, I, what I've experienced thus far, Jesus taught us for two and a half years. I, all those teachings, you can't even fill up all the books of the earth with them. We've got plenty to build a church on. Let's just go and let's make a good 
Um, let's make some good teachings. We'll sell some books. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Um, we'll go forth and we'll, we'll set everything up in order and then we'll go, go out and tell people all the teachings of Jesus and it's going to be wonderful. And I believe, I honestly believe in my heart that Peter was this close to killing the church. He was that close to settling for something other than the total manifestation of the power and the promises of God. He was that close. He said, we're going to try this business meeting, but thank God that he said, well, we've, we've done all this, but something, something just isn't quite right. Something hasn't connected yet. Some, the power isn't really here yet. We did all this and we've set things up and we've done what we need to do, but the power isn't here yet. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. And so they were there when the day of Pentecost, not the season was there, but when the day of Pentecost was fully come and God said, today is the day that you can put the sickle to the grain. Today's the day that I have ordained that the time of being of refraining, the time of things being withheld from you is over with. It's the time that the harvest is here. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we all know what happens when it says the day of Pentecost was fully come. The cloven tongues like a fire sat on each one of their heads. The Spirit of God came in like a mighty rushing wind, and they all spoke in other tongues. And the whole city took notice of what God was doing. They, When they put the sickle to the grain, let me tell you, when they put the sickle to the grain the first time, 3,000 people got saved. The power, the power of understanding and discerning the season that we are in the frustration that comes with the being things being withheld isn't the time to give up it's not the time to slack up and see what well is God even going to come through it's a time where we stay diligent it's a time where we keep pressing in there's a time where I increase my prayer it's a time where we come together and get in greater unity because they were all in one accord and the presence of God when the time was fulfilled when the full time of Pentecost had come, when it was fully come, he said, the withholding is done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us need the withholding to be done in our lives today? In Deuteronomy, when God ordained Pentecost, he tells us, he warns us, there's a prophetic warning in it. To not give up and to not quit and to not stay home, to not lax up. Deuteronomy 16, 16, it says there are three times a year. There are three feasts that God says no one can stay home. No one cannot come and present themselves to God. If you want what God is doing, you cannot ignore these three feasts. There are other feasts, the high holy days even, he didn't include Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. He didn't say, he didn't say this about those. He said it about Passover, about Pentecost, and um, about the, the festival of the harvest in the fall, which is, which is a type of uh, the rapture. He said, you can't stay home for Pentecost. Three times a year shall all your males which we know today is, is all of us, appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose in the feast of unleavened bread, 
which is Passover, and the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the Feast of the Harvest. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he has given thee. It's interesting to me that Pentecost, which was, it actually isn't mentioned a lot in the Bible. In the Old Testament, like, you know, there were, there were holy days that, they, that are mentioned many, many times throughout the Old Testament because they were incredibly important. Pentecost is a relatively minor observance. But he said, don't stay home. You must come. You must come before me. Because there was a time frame where you've been sowing. There's a time frame when you've been diligent. There was a timing when you've been putting the work in, when you've been doing all the work, and you feel frustrated, and you want God to move, but nothing's happened yet. Your harvest isn't here yet. He said, come before me, though, on this day. Don't withhold. Don't stay home. Come before me. Because it's the time for you to receive everything that God has withheld. It's the time that when Peter decided to get up and do it in himself, and there was something that was still unsettled inside of him that said, this isn't it. This, I can pretend like this is it. I can pretend like I've done it. But I know, that, I know, I know in my stomach, I just know in here, that I don't have it. I don't have what I'm waiting for. I don't have what God has promised me. I can, I can make it all feel okay and make it all feel churchy and good. But I don't have it. I don't have that thing. I don't have the real power. I don't have the real promise of God that came from my life. I've, I've, I've glossed it over and made it sound like everything's okay and I made excuses for why what I have is enough, but I know, I know down deep inside I don't have the real thing. I haven't pushed forward long enough to have the real thing. I haven't withheld and stayed true and stayed diligent long enough to have the real thing in me. I'm frustrated and I'm waiting and I'm not really sure when it's coming to pass. I'm I've been waiting, and I don't even know if I want to keep waiting because I'm frustrated, and, and I even feel like I want to quit. But, in the, but God said, just, just hold on to that one little feeling in you that you know it's not done. You know it's not here. You know there's a little bit more to press into. You know there's a little bit further to go. You know that what you've been waiting on is just, some, just some behind something that you just haven't pressed through yet. And he said that P- Pentecost, Shavuot, the time of withholding is done. The time of withholding is done. The time of the refraining, the restraining of God meeting our needs and fulfilling his promises is done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because when the day of Pentecost was fully come, all the way, all the way, when they had stayed after they had tried to do it themselves, when they had stayed and pressed on and just said, I'm just going to be in unity. I don't even know what's about to happen, but I'm going to be in unity. Don't even know. We were talking the other night, and I said, you know, it's, 
we were actually uh, talking, I was telling Elder Robert's testimony about how um, he, he said when he was going forward in God, he lifted one little hand and then eventually he stepped out into the aisle and eventually he could come on up here. And there's, um, there's places we go in God where we see the goal clearly in front of us. And I know what I'm working towards, but then there are times when all I know is there's something more than what I have. And I'm just really, I'm done with where I'm at. And those times are the most frustrating because I don't even really know where I'm trying to get to except it's somewhere beyond where I'm at. And I know, and that's the same experience. The disciples had no idea what they were expecting. Had no idea what the Holy Ghost would look like when it showed when he showed up. It could have been another person that looked just like Jesus for all they knew. They had no idea what they were looking for or waiting for. They just knew that there was something that Jesus promised them that looked like the same power that he carried with him. That looked like the same power that he worked miracles with. Looked like the same power that he set people free with. Then they said, I don't have that yet. I don't know how much longer it's going to take, but I'm waiting. We're presented at Pentecost, at Shavuot, a period of our refraining. We're presented with the same period of things being withheld. And we have the same choice. And I know we, because we're churchy, we all jump up and we say, yes, I choose, I choose, I choose. But even Peter chose and still tried to do it in himself. Just by a sliver of grace, did he just decide to hold, to keep holding out, even though he had already taken all the steps to just take this over and make this church thing a man-run situation? I'm just going to do all the teachings, and we're going to have our own people set up, and it's going to be fine. Just by a sliver of grace, he said, we're going to wait. We're going to wait a little bit longer. And we have the, and it was difficult. That's why I said we all, we all like to jump up and say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But it's a, it's. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's difficult. It's work. And for some reason, even though I know where I'm going, I'm knowing what I'm going after it. It's the most awkward, uncomfortable period of pushing through that last thing. I just, I, I imagine, I imagine Peter had his, had his business meeting. There's still a couple days left to Pentecost. And I just, I imagine they probably sat around for the next day or so staring at each other. This is my, imagine, this is my imagination. Because they, they still didn't know what to do. Still didn't know. They just knew this probably isn't it. It's probably not it. Peter's the leader. Everybody's looking to him to tell, to tell them what to do next. Go out and win the world. Go out and fulfill the Great Commission. He didn't have a clue what to do. He just knew... Well, I don't have the same power Jesus had yet. I don't have the next thing that Jesus has taken me to yet. So what am I going to do? We're just going to sit here and stare at each other until, we, until it gets there. Incredibly awkward. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, 
find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.